Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Don't Praise a Machine. My name is Alexander Holland, and as always, I'm sat digitally next to my number one pod piper. Gotta be the name of... John Maloney. Uh, John Maloney. Whoa, we're still episode 85. Yeah. Episode 85. Yeah. Well, wow. say thank you so much, Edouard Vettar and the band <laughs> Pearl Jam for 1991's episode 85. Man, I haven't heard of you. I haven't heard from him in a while. So, and I did not expect the next time I heard from him to be him writing into don'tpraiseataol.com uh, with a special remix of his classic hit. Did you own any Pearl Jam compact discs? Was Pretty Pearl Jam sh- part of your rebellion? Yeah. Take that, mum and dad. I'm listening to Pearl Jam. I'm staying alive. I can't find a better man. How do you feel about that, <laughs> dad? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure I had, or it could have been me or it could have been my brother Tom, had, what was it? Maybe No Code and whatever the... Oh, okay. You were a jam family. Yeah, we were, <laughs> we were a jam <laughs> Yeah, um, we were quite, we were quite a grungy family. We had, <laughs> we had a neutero. We had uh, Nevermind. Then we had No Code. Then we had whatever the one previous to that was with with I'm Still Alive on it. I think that I can't remember the name of the album now. But yeah, um, so I want to say thanks very much, Eddie Vedder and Pearl Jam, for being a part of my adolescence. The grungy Maloney's. Yeah. What were you wearing? What clothes were you and Tom wearing to let everyone know that you guys were real grungin? <laughs> I'm pretty sure I did have a Soundgarden, bit of Soundgarden merch, maybe some, maybe a t-shirt. I certainly had a tool t-shirt, although that, oh, wasn't, yeah, really, tool. that wasn't really grungy, but it was very 90s. Uh, and I had Velcro wallet. I had... Loose fitting jeans. I had all the things that you wanted to have just to let people know that you liked uh, men who emphasize the A and the R sounds when they vocalized <laughs> <laughs> and who mumbled. Yeah. It's four o'clock. It's got to start. There's a kind of, there's a whole school of pronunciation really that owes itself to. <laughs> Eddie Vedder and that reached its kind of absurd peak with with people like Creed. Yeah, and Live. Yeah, mm. they they kind of took it and ran with it. I was mm. uh, speaking of speaking of Soundgarden. I was watching a few videos of Chris Cornell, the late oh, Chris yeah. Cornell, recently yeah. because because I'm a sing man now, mm. and because now I just pay attention to other singers that mm-hmm. I previously wouldn't have given a lot of attention to, but now I appreciate and recognize the mm. vocal wizardry and Chris Cornell had an crazy voice. He had a heck of a range, didn't he? And a lot of power. What a range. We'll segue out of talking about the grunge vocalizations of the 90s. Mm-hmm. And I will say, I want to ask you, John, if this is a question that I think is now facing us all because of technology. Mm-hmm. The question is, is it impolite to speed up voice messages that you receive through messaging platforms? Mm. What do you, it's a kind of Seinfeld-esque yeah. question. Yeah. 
Great question. <laughs> uh, Are you offended? Yeah. If you send mm-hmm. me a voice message and you've mm-hmm. put in so much beautiful pacing, mm. so much beautiful slowdown and yeah, pauses. Yeah, it's considered, really it's pensive. Exactly. Yeah. And then you send it through to me yeah. on WhatsApp yeah. and I just hit 2X yeah, and yeah, you yeah. just go... Does that make you go? And yeah, I don't tell. I don't tell you. No, I put you on two. Maybe, times. maybe I find out somewhere somehow. This exact thing <laughs> happened to me, uh, and I was offended uh, <laughs> because I was. I'm in a group of WhatsApp group. Shout out to the members of It's Tasty Kebab. I won't go into why okay. we have such a strange name, but um. Uh, Liz and Kat and Gigi, uh, and um, I, we we just kind of share a lot of thoughts as we go through the day, and sometimes we get caught on particular kind of conversational tangents. And I sent a message through, and then I apologised for it being a bit too kind of rich with uh, pensive pauses. And yeah, and Kat said, "Don't worry about it. Long ago, I started." Speeding up your messages, and I was like, "Oh, <laughs> fuck you, then." <laughs> just you, yeah, exactly. I think it probably was just me because I, because I have a, you know, when I'm sort of thinking about something deep and meaningful, I, I um, and I don't like to send voice messages that sound too rehearsed. So often I am kind of thinking through what I think in real time, but it's probably quite tedious for for the listener when I get a bit too lost in my own thoughts. What do you think? The reason that I that this came up was because I've sent people a few voice messages recent. Actually, you might have been one of them. And I yeah. you might you might have you might have to cop to it here if you've been 2xing me because I <laughs> I sent a few people some voice messages mm-hmm. and perhaps the voice message was let's say a minute 30 long, right? Yeah, Maybe yeah. I had a lot to to explain. And the person was online. I could see as I was sending it to them. So they were they were listening to the message oh, pretty much as yeah. soon as I'd sent it. Yeah. And I would send the voice message that mm. took a minute and a half to record. <laughs> and they were responding. Fifteen seconds they were, later, they were responding. Yeah. Much faster. Yeah. Than a minute and thirty, and they'd clearly heard all of the message. <laughs> <laughs> they were just like, "Oh yeah, I can reply to this." And I thought, but. Yeah. The message hasn't been delivered long enough for you to be able to. What about my my centimetre perfect comic timing? What about my cadence? Guys, yeah. my cadence. So You're missing out on all. I'm nothing but, <laughs> I'm nothing but cadence and, and pauses. The actual substance of this message is really fairly <laughs> pedestrian, but. Where I really excel <laughs> is my pacing. I don't even say words. It's I just go bah, ka, 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 ka. <laughs> you're, like, you're like a sim. <laughs> it's an art. <laughs> it's an art. I just go ga zezoa kaki chasha, and that's if it's all in there. Yeah, it's yeah, all yeah. The space and the tonality. <laughs> <laughs> to give to give people <laughs> to give people a sense, if if um some perhaps some of our users out there aren't aware of this function, maybe they don't use WhatsApp. I'm not sure if it's available on. I don't think you can do it on Facebook Messenger yet. I don't. Yeah, think. I don't think so. But if anyone who's not familiar with what we're talking about, if you've got WhatsApp mm. and somebody sends you a voice message and you click play, you can click a little 
1.5 times or two times and speed that message right up. And if yeah. you're not familiar with what it sounds like, actually went to the trouble of recording uh, <laughs> what John sounds like when he <laughs> writes to me. And so if John sends me a little message, yeah, this one was about a member of his family that had been involved in a accident <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> And you can just, uh, and this is what it sounds, this is what it sounded like. Just, I needed to get the information quickly. So this was a, John sent me this and it went for about, went for about three minutes. Yeah. Uh, so you can just press, you can just, I'll just play that too, John. Okay. <laughs> That's nightmarish. <laughs> Sounds like I'm yeah I'm coming to you from a different dimension. Um, that's great. Does that offend you, or you like how no, it's good. concise it is? <laughs> I'm just talking to you about my grieving process, and you're like, <laughs> I just need the information. I mean, that's the kind of interesting thing about it, isn't it? Is that it, is that it reduces conversation to just the can. Converge just the not the actual information that's conveyed by tone, or you know, you might have a you might pause in a way that suggests that you have not fully thought through something, so that's kind of pertinent information. Mm. But they just people just go, No, I just want the actual text here, I don't need the the nuance. It reminds me a bit of there's a, there's this absurd thing where debating in America has evolved to the point where like college debating has evolved to the point where they often like speak really, really fast because of the time constraints and they want to get uh, all of their points across in the time allotted. So they just do this kind of motor mouth weirdness that like would not make any sense to anyone <laughs> outside of the debating world. But uh, but it's just all become about like, the, you know, there's no points for, for presentation, I suppose. So it's just all about making the right arguments. So it's IRL time squeezing. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So I did a I did I did a bit of uh, research on sp- sped up sped up audio mm-hmm. and how we process it because I don't know if you I mean the first thing I was speeding up when mm. when it became available was podcasts. Yeah. Are you familiar okay. with this? Um, I'm familiar with a particular influencer who I know my little brother Dargle shared with me who is into Sweet like dogs. Pro- productivity hacks and stuff. So yeah, practicing what he pre- preaches, he apparently will watch uh, a lot of informational content sped up. And then yeah. I, I think even will watch like films sped up, which I find yeah. very perverse That's, and sad. <laughs> that is crazy. <laughs> it's funny. That's one, it's one thing to speed up mm. a WhatsApp message, but quite another yeah. to, to speed up taxi driver exactly people go uh have you seen you know martin scorsese's catalog of films and you say well yeah i have uh, admittedly they were at at triple <laughs> speed because i didn't I, I didn't have time between shifts to really get across a two-hour movie so just squeezed all the content out i watched schindler's list between three bus stops <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> on a mobile on a mobile phone. Yeah. And then I bet you that Scorsese would say and Spielberg would say, You absolutely have not seen our films because that's a that's not what we intended. 
<laughs> yeah, this, this is it's it's in the same kind of realm. Uh, you spoke previously, John, about Blinkist and these services mm. that take a book and say, "Oh no, you don't need the book. Yeah, you just need the notes. Yeah, and yeah. You don't, you don't need you don't need to waste as much time uh, as as you might otherwise have to, as they might say." And all platforms now, I'm finding. Did I mean? Did you know you can do this on YouTube? Did you know you can do it on? I don't think I. I don't think I did, or you know, I've certainly never done it on YouTube. Although, although I, that is one where I, I was trying to find something today to do with Instagram, and I was just like, "Please hurry up and get to the fucking point." So YouTube, if you click the little, uh, if you click the little cog down the bottom, there's an option that says playback speed, and you can uh, do two times, so you can speed videos up by two. Huh. Pocket Casts, which is the podcast app that I use to listen to podcasts, mm-hmm, me too. They're not a show sponsor, but reach out Pocket Casts. Mm. I think you're the best interface for podcasts available, and they, yeah, I love that feel. They let you go up to. I don't have my phone with me. I'm pretty sure they let you go up to three. Three times speed, wow, which is very oh, wow. nippy. But I was doing a bit of research, and a particular professor, Dr. Raymond Pastor, mm-hmm. uh, over ten years ago at Penn State University, began researching time compressed speech. This is from the Ringer.com, and he was right. quoted as saying, "There is a huge, significant drop off in comprehension at fifty percent compression or two times compression." Right. He's now an assistant professor of instructional technology at the University of North Carolina. And he said, Mm. I would say that after 25%, around 1.5 times, you're starting to really hinder yourself. You can compress Mm. it a bunch of times, but when you get past 1.5, you're really starting to sacrifice learning. So he did some research and found that- Like what people's kind of comprehension and recall of information- Yeah, he was was presenting his students with time compressed information versus played at regular speed and was starting to find that they were missing Mm. elements of it. Did you know Mm -hmm. also that Pocket Casts, the podcast Mm -hmm. app, it also allows you in the settings to reduce gaps in in a podcast. So for example, if somebody was listening to us- and I just yeah. let I just let there be some dead air like this, and then I come back. You can choose. Mm. I think they have three settings. You can choose how much you want to snip that by, and if you put mm. it on its most extreme setting, it will just snap the end of my last sentence with the start of my new one. So yeah, okay. just, again, that's just the productivity thing. So you could you could yeah. in pocket casts you can put you could put on three times and cut all mm. gaps. Mm, fucking hell. It's it's so interesting, isn't it? Because it is so, there's something about it that is just this kind of seeping in of productivity concerns and people wanting to kind of just absorb as much information as they can in a very time poor situation or whatever and losing any kind of idea of like the art of just, you know, absorbing a piece of information at the rate and cadence uh, that it's communicated originally at. I mean, I suppose there are some things where that's unimportant. Like if you're wanting to watch a YouTube clip about how to do a Windsor knot or something, probably doesn't matter how that person (laughs) talks. But then I think if you start listening to like, I mean, if you're listening to an audio book on like one and a half speed, you can get fucked. Like that's not, that's just, that's just. It's just sad because you're you're already upset that it's an audio book. 
You're already yeah, upset exactly. not really reading it. I don't even like Kindles. I'm like, come on, <laughs> just buy the book. <laughs> <laughs> How would you well this this brings me to a ver to, to a question which might be very hard for you to hear that you probably haven't thought of it. <laughs> but what if there's people out there listening that listen and don't oh, praise God, the machine? Don't even say it. On three times no <laughs> gaps. <laughs> and John, I don't want to make you self-conscious, but what if it's yeah. just the bits where you're talking? <laughs> <laughs> this is the kind of thing that'll I'll lie awake thinking about. They have their finger on the on the speed button and they just take yeah. their thumb off every time you stop talking. <laughs> they put it back on. Every time it's my splug, they're like, oh fuck's sake. Here okay. we go. Three times, um, I go to three times, they call you three times no gap Malones <laughs> in the DPT well, in community. This, in this WhatsApp group, I did, I was chastened when my friend Kat said to me, I speed up all your messages. I, I thought like, <laughs> man, I need to trim the fat and stop kind of taking, luxuriating in pauses. I need to just, just crack on. So I feel like I'm, my messages in that thread are a picture of concision now. Uh, whereas before they were fairly meandering. <laughs> so right at, if guys, <clears throat> so guys, if you're speeding up, don't praise the machine, admit it, write us in, let us know mm. why, let us know if, yeah. you, if, if maybe you, maybe somehow it brings you something new at three times no gaps. Yeah. Maybe I should just put the podcast out at three times no gaps. <laughs> well... The kind of absurdist effects that we often add at the end of episodes I've often <laughs> yeah, thought those. about. I've often thought about just doing a whole episode like that. And then if you compress that, probably give you a seizure or something. <laughs> um. <laughs> that's, a good, that's good. That's a really interesting little bit. I came up with it because, oh, I think because, I think somebody played me a message Somebody played me, somebody said, oh, just wait a second, I have really have to listen to this. And they played the message and the person was sped up and I just got this sense that the person who'd sent the message didn't know. <laughs> They'd have no yeah. idea that they were sped up. And it's a kind of, <laughs> it is a slightly strange thing because you'd go, I feel like that person wouldn't want you to speed that up. But then it's like, why? What, you know? <laughs> yeah. Everybody's yeah. doing I'm get, it. I'm getting the gist. But it's true, yeah. It's like if you started saying, saying to somebody in a real conversation like, Quicker, quicker, quicker. <laughs> that would be great if somebody's in a conversation, if you're having a conversation with somebody and they're too slow and you just start going, mm, quicker, 1.5, please. <laughs> at least 1.5. At least, at, least at least a 50% gain there. Can you please, please decrease gaps by 50%? 1.5 speed, please. <laughs> Just somebody, somebody unburdening themselves about their breakup. Come on, Grandma. 1.5 and <laughs> less gaps, please. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I've heard this story before. Skip. <laughs> Can we skip ahead 15 seconds, please? Skip. Next story. <laughs> Next story. Granddad. <laughs> skip intro. <laughs> when somebody's telling you a story you've heard before. So, Al, I often think about my station in life, particularly mm. as I'm on the cusp of middle age, and I try not to do this too much, but it's difficult sometimes to avoid 
comparing your life to others, particularly uh, as we've discussed on our show, the lives of celebrities, the lives of the rich and famous. That's been on a lot of minds this week, I think, because the there's an outstand as as far as I know, as we go to air, it's mm. outstanding. But there's a Powerball jackpot, which is uh, in maybe in the billions, I think, for the <sighs> first time in possibly ever it's in the, the US. Yeah, the, yeah, in the US. Yeah. So some my friend Nico mentioned this to me in the uh, on Friday, and I couldn't believe it. I said, "You must have misheard that. There is no billion mm. dollar lottery. <laughs> it's mad. It's absolutely mad." And I think. It's a function of the way that the jackpot increases if they go any length of time without a winner. And now it's gotten to the point where, because they tax the hell out of it, but if you were to win it and get them to pay it to you in a lump sum, it would be something like $982 million or something like that, which will obviously just kind of warp somebody's life (laughs) in a way that's incomprehensible. (laughs) (laughs) Like it's one thing to go, okay, I've got five million bucks, so I'll quit my job or whatever. But I mean, what would you even think if you were like an average Joe and then you were suddenly going, shit, I don't know, maybe I'll like go to space. Like what do I even do with this money? You know, maybe I'll buy a country. But yeah, so that's kind of, that sort of had me thinking about the difference between my life and the lives of the the rich and famous, the Mm. lives of the 1%, the lives of their kind of those in the stratosphere of social and cultural influence. And, you know, I often think about it, what would the difference on a day-to-day basis actually look like? Because, you know, I can't really imagine my pillow and mattress being any comfier. Mm-hmm. I get up in the morning and I eat oats and I think even if I had $10 million, I'd probably just still have oats. Mm-hmm. Like what else am I going to, what else am I going to do? And... Uh, that's quite a healthy exercise because I think you kind of realize that, you know, day to day, the difference is probably not that significant. And to that end, and for anyone who's experiencing that kind of Powerball induced FOMO this week, <laughs> lottery jackpot induced FOMO, <laughs> I thought I'd give you a little hack, which is Architectural Digest. Yeah. So Architectural Digest is a magazine i think it started as that's been running i think for a very long time for decades maybe since the first half of the 20th century and uh, my brother dargal actually put me onto it because or put me specifically onto the youtube channel that they have oh yeah i've seen this and and uh basically what they do is they schedule a an interaction with a particular celebrity yeah and then the celebrity kind of invites you into the home and it's done in this kind of way where they're sort of, you know, bantering straight to camera. So you feel like you're getting a kind of POV perspective into this person's home. And Dargle, brackets Dan, said that he'd watched one about uh, the actor Rain Wilson and his wife, uh, whose name is Holiday Reinhorn. Rain Wilson, of course, was Dwight Schrute in the long running US version of The Office. And... They, he, he suggested that I watch this because I was talking to him about this issue. Like what would the difference between me and somebody who's very rich look like on a day-to-day basis? And he said, well, I found Architectural Digest quite reassuring because it suggests to me that the difference is pretty limited. And he gave me Rain Wilson's uh, outing on 
Architectural Digest and as, as an example. So you watch that. And I mean, Rain Wilson's not like wildly successful, but he had a very bankable role for a long time. So he's got yeah. a fair bit of money. And they've got, he and Holiday, his wife, have this kind of ranch style, mission style house in California. And it's just kind of pretty average. And it's just <laughs> full of like weird art, like these kind of ugly busky art knockoffs. And they have these like farm animals that just look like a bit of a nuisance and they take up a lot of time. <laughs> And they make sort of several veiled references during the video to being a bit socially isolated and how they like imagined when they bought the house that they have lots of parties, but then COVID happened and they haven't really been able to do that. So they're just like knocking around this weird house by themselves. And they're very proud of kind of fairly inane features of the house, like, you know, some bloody marble tabletop or whatever. And I mean, theirs is not even one of the, like, it's fine. But then you watch, you know, someone like Michael Kors or Tommy oh, Hilfiger. The fashion those, people. The fashion people. Like, Michael Kors's apartment is just full of kind of grey carpets and faux fur and sort of really boring kind of super expensive nesting tables. And it just looks like a really expensive hotel room. It's, like, very, very soulless. And, and Tommy Hilfiger's house is honestly, like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't live in it. I wouldn't house sit it. It's hideous. <laughs> and he's got, it's just kind of like really clashing cov- colors. And he's got like these kind of very garish themes, like a sail, sailing theme in one of his kids' rooms or something. And, you know, this kind of very sort of conspicuous wealth kind of look to it. And then I looked at Robert Downey Jr.'s and he's got, you know, like he's worth something like 300 million bucks, Robert mm. Downey Jr., and you look at his house and it's just like, why don't you have like, I don't know, like why, why can't you have something that I haven't even heard of, like a fucking teleporter in your house? But instead it's like, instead it's just like a fairly average two-story house and it's kind of him and his wife telling each other lame jokes and kind of getting off on how funny they are. And you're like, oh man, this looks depressing and fairly pedestrian. And in a way that's quite therapeutic for me because I think like, yeah, basically these people are doing fundamentally the same thing I'm doing. They're slouching around. They got a comfy chair, you know, they've got their boxes of cereal in the cupboard. They're <laughs> basically, basically not basically whatever happiness I achieve after, a, after a, I mean, you know, there's a lot of research that suggests that happiness caps off at about, 150k Australian uh, as an annual income, and you really believe it when you watch these clips because you think like, yeah, this is really not much you can. I mean, when they travel, I'm sure they go to fancy places and they can fly first class without worrying about it and all that stuff. But when they're just living their lives and knocking around, <clears throat> you know, they're doing the same things you and I do, and they're having a, they're having a, uh, they're having their oats, they're using their <laughs> pressure cooker, uh, they're. They're having kind of boring arguments with their significant others. Uh, so it's very normalizing. I always find with those celebrities showing off their houses videos that mm. the homes are always much more conservative than you might think from rock stars mm. and things like that. Because you would think mm. if you're a punk rocker, for example, I watched the one I think this was on Vogue or Vogue does similar things. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a bunch of channels that will be invited to go and see in a 
celebrity's home. And I watched the one with Travis Barker, who's the drummer from yeah. Blink-182. <laughs> I've seen that as well. And yeah. the first, I mean, the first thing that grabs you is he's wearing a kind of latex boiler suit for some reason <laughs> when he, that's his choice of garment when they come in. Yeah. Just, just, it's just like mid-morning or yeah. like mid-Sunday or something. <laughs> and he looks pure punk rock. He's covered in tattoos and he's been a mm. punk drummer for, I don't know, like 30 years plus now. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but then, of course, his home is not like smash mm. Jack Daniels bottles and graffito tags and yeah, black exactly. walls. Sex swings everywhere. Yeah, and like yeah. leather and, yeah. you know, and denim. It's, <laughs> it's just all kind of cream and, and minimalist and nice. It yeah, looks, yeah, yeah. It looks like a really fancy designer's home mm. and he's just stood there covered in tattoos <clears throat> in his latex boiler suit and you're going mm. fawning over some interior designer saying yeah. like i just i just let him have full creative control <laughs> of the courtyard and i think he did a great job with it and you think like <laughs> man this isn't exactly like sid vicious trashing a hotel room is yeah. it yeah <laughs> i prefer i think i preferred mtv's cribs because mtv's cribs they would typically Visit mm. MTV's Cribs was pre YouTube. This was the first mm-hmm. incarnation of of this kind of access. I think that you. T- I mean, I guess Vogue and stuff, probably Architectural Digest would probably do photo shoots in their magazines of something similar. But I remember MTV Cribs was really the first time that you you were taken into a rapper's. Suddenly, you could see yeah. Fifty Cent's house. Yeah, which I'm pretty sure. I think Fifty <clears throat> Cent bought a mansion that was previously owned by Mike Tyson. And uh-huh. the rappers have much more, especially young rappers that have just come into money, mm. they get mm. real wacky shit, which I'll, I mean, it's all yeah. kind of home theaters and yeah. like you, water slides that go from the roof <laughs> to the pool and stuff. It's like a, it's like a 14 year old suddenly come into a lot of money. <laughs> I don't know if I had, if I had unlimited money and I had a big house, I'm not really sure. Yeah. I don't, I, I wouldn't. I can't think what I need. I liked seeing mm. Steve. We should do a whole podcast on Steve Aoki. You're probably not as familiar with Steve Aoki, if at all, John, no. as I am. But Steve mm. Aoki is a EDM DJ, <clears throat> label owner, entrepreneur, <clears throat> and I find him very annoying a lot of the time. <laughs> and uh, his ho- his home is a lot like a big child's home, but right. he's such a kind of egomaniac. And yeah. I think you get away with this more in America. But his home just has like life-size mannequins of himself that are <laughs> in the home. And wow. And they can always just, the get out of jail free card is you just go, oh, some artist friend of mine made yeah. me this. But his house is just adorned with logos of himself and <laughs> life-size figurines of oh, himself wow. and all this kind of Steve Aoki branding. It's like a Steve yeah. Aoki fun park but he lives in it so he's just and then it's full of like kind of irritatingly childish anime dolls Mm. everywhere he's Mm, like oh yeah i bought this 10 million dollar rare anime doll the other thing is that some of the people who are kind of properly filthy rich they don't use their houses in a way that's kind of normal and healthy that so they often go to rooms and they're like reminds me of the kind of 24-hour playroom in Montgomery Burns's mansion <laughs> where they just like, I don't really know what's in here. Or they, you know, like 
that I think it's Tommy Hilfiger and his partner were like this, we're really proud of the kitchen and we wanted to kind of give it this vibe and we found this kind of secondhand beautiful Art Deco stove. So we kind of built it around the stove and then they sort of finished by admitting that, you know, they've probably actually used the stove once when they first <laughs> bought it. And then, you know, like anytime they eat anything, it's kind of spoon fed to them by their personal chef or they go out to eat. So they, they don't like, they don't even know how to turn the stove on or, you know, use the microwave because they just don't use the house like a normal person. But uh, yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of peculiar in that way. The ultimate house was Michael Jackson's Neverland. Mm, yeah. And that turned out fine. <laughs> Very healthy. Yeah, nothing bad went on there. I mean, there's nothing weird about that. There was, <laughs> there was no ulterior motive for creating that type of house. No. I remember seeing Eddie Murphy on Comedians in Cars getting coffee, talking about going there. And he went there sort of a few years after Michael's. Michael had set it up and the the chimp that he had, Bubbles, <laughs> Bubbles, had kind of grown into this terrifying beast and Michael was like saying to him, yeah, don't don't go near Bubbles' cage. And Bubbles was just like <laughs> extremely angry, which is just sad and fucked. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I do kind of think, yeah, if you've got loads of money, do something that you couldn't otherwise do. Don't just have a nice house. Like I would have maybe some kind of um, pneumatic tube that would transport me to a <laughs> undersea bubble house so I could just like watch sea creatures scuttling around while I went about my day, something like that. <laughs> you, would, you would instantly say pneumatic tube, please. Yeah. yeah this is one wanna... of, you'd say to Architecture Digest, this is one of my pneumatic tubes that takes <laughs> me. And then I just appear in a different part of the house. Bonk. <laughs> Uh, this is the this is yeah, this tube takes me to the bottom of the Mariana Trench, and I just watch <laughs> I just watch squid fighting as I make my toast. John, you sent me a voice message this week that made me think of artists that I thought might be fun to recommend to everybody this week. And you can tell me about mm -hmm. your newfound love for this artist. That's artist what's mm -hmm. going to be named Casey Musgraves. Oh, yeah. And that's all. <laughs> <laughs> everyone... Everyone listen to Casey, Casey no, Musgraves. So Casey Musgraves is a country, almost like a country pop singer born in yeah. Texas. She's a country pop sensation. I discovered her a few years ago. I was listening to NPR, uh, All Songs mm -hmm. Considered podcast, and they played a song of hers called Follow Your Arrow, which is one of her earlier songs. Right. And 
she 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 broke out singing these country styled songs, but they were more kind of left liberal leaning than your traditionally conservative country music values. Mm-hmm. So follow your mm-hmm. arrow says things like smoke it you know it says like roll up a joint if you want kiss lots of boys uh, kiss see. lots of girls follow your arrow wow. do whatever you want breaking away from the usual sort of tractors and pickup trucks yeah. and things and yeah, yeah. And, and and jesus and uh yeah, 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 yeah. read your bible yeah. she was more hey <laughs> if you're a boy and you want to kiss a lot of boys do that that's what's that <laughs> Just sorry to, to interrupt. What's that song that you were singing to me when we we're in Berlin? Yeah, which is a kind of, which is a kind of classic uh, conservative country song yeah. where they just they can't the 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 chorus is a very sort of <laughs> twee cheesy thing about how you should raise a young man. Yeah, so that appeared on Instagram. Of course, it appeared on my. Clemsig Interchange Instagram account, which is the Instagram account uh-huh. of mine that somehow ended up in the weirdest algorithm. So I just get sent <laughs> stuff that is so unrelated to my interests. And yeah, it was just it was just American parents who had taken videos of their kids playing softball or baseball. And there's this <laughs> song that came out a few years ago, a few years ago, a country song called Buy a Boy at Baseball. And it's really catchy. <laughs> and they put that song over the footage of their kids and it just goes, buy yeah. a boy a baseball, get him outside, teach him. Hang on, let me, I'll look the lyrics up and sing it to you. <laughs> Hang on. <clears throat> buy a boy. Yeah, there is, that first line is very, because of the triple alliteration that they've yeah, done it's clever. with the, with the so it's emphasis. By, it's by Granger Smith. And it goes, bye, boy. If, thankfully, we're, because we our listenership is not massive, we're not going to get copyrighted for this. Because <laughs> I think actually you can't do this. Like you're not supposed to sing songs. Oh. But, anyway, but anyway, so the lyrics go, by, buy a boy a baseball by Granger Smith. goes, buy a boy a baseball, get him outside, get his hands dirty, take a little time, give a boy a Bible, teach him how to pray, thank the good Lord at the end of the day, wake him up early, teach him how to work, spend his own money, show him what it's worth. Yeah. Wow. Classic. Yeah. Classic and capitalist Christian upbringing. Yeah. And then the next one is about your daughter. That one mm. goes, this one's so good. Bye, girl. No, <clears throat> no, sorry. This is what you do, I guess, when you are the boy and you're growing up. Oh, and you're see. trying to, And so you're getting a little bit older. And so mm. it goes, buy girl flowers, take her to a show, treat her like a lady and maybe down the road, he'll give a girl a diamond, put it on her hand, watch her and her mama making all the plans. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> then Good get stuff. a little house on a little piece of land, build a little family. <laughs> yeah. So that's it. So that's <laughs> buy a boy a baseball by Granger Smith. Wow. So Good it's stuff. <laughs> so yeah. And then it then it says deny the authenticity of election results is the last <laughs> verse. Stopping all the steals. <laughs> <laughs> Waiting for the cue drop, stopping all the steals. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't that's conflate good. Good. conservative politics with conspiracy theories. There's yeah. <laughs> they don't always insist. <laughs> on the Venn diagram. Uh, yeah. So Casey Musgraves, Texas-born country pop sensation, 
John loves her. He's sending me. <laughs> you, you're sending me. She's got a great song called. Uh, I think it's called. I think it's called Rainbow. Yeah, I won't. I won't very, sing very what you changed song. it to. But it's a very beautiful. <laughs> It was very infantile. <laughs> yeah, it's a very sweet song. Although it's kind of, um, I was, I was thinking, I'm the, probably the only person who, for whom playing it just reminds me of being in an apartment in Templehof. Uh, it's not, it's not really what it evokes lyrically. But <laughs> uh, yeah, we were just sipping a few Flensburgers, mm, doing the Flensburger Pop Top Challenge and listening the to Rainbow. <laughs> <laughs> and the last thing I'm going to say is last mm-hmm. week, John, I mentioned that I'm developing a much closer relationship with my Apple iPhone digital assistant, Siri. Mm. And I'm learning all the commands and we're, fl- we're forming a closer bond and I love it so much. She's doing so <laughs> much for me. She's setting yeah. my alarms. She's telling me the weather. She's telling me the age of celebrities. She's telling me where various uh, celebrities were born. Mm-hmm. I used it yesterday to ask what German city Heidi Klum, the famous Halloween worm, is from. <laughs> right. I was getting acquainted with my digital assistant mm-hmm. and and Andrew Brunt, Brunty, mm, Brunty. Uh, wrote to us. And friend, of, friend of ours, friend of the show. Friend of the show. Perhaps I'll just read this out. Yeah. So and Andy Andy Brunt Brunty wrote to us and said he he let me know he said guys in short just to let you know you can automate almost everything with the Siri shortcuts tool that are built into the operating systems of iPhone iPad and Mac and then he sent me a couple of links huh. and then he showed me that you can build workflows ranging from the simple to the wildly complex because uh, he's a total Siri nerd ah, Brunty wow and then he said. Uh, you've no doubt, he said, and now you've undoubtedly come to the realization that my opening preamble held credible threat. I have made you a quick shortcut to show you. And so he sent me this link and it says, every time you run this shortcut, it will yeah. combine lines at random from two sets of Australian insults I've put together. And then it <laughs> texts them and then texts them to me. Wow. Jesus. Andy's a man of hidden talents. Absolutely. By my math, there will be 540 different unique insults you can send me. Try it. <laughs> you deserve it. So I put it on my phone. Hang on, I just have to get my phone, John. I'll do it. Yeah, for you. right. What, so what's quite funny is I did this mm-hmm. in the evening in Berlin. So it would have been the middle of the, or in the afternoon. It would have been the middle of the night in Australia. Right. So I installed the link that Brunty sent me. And... So now this lives on my iPhone. So mm. now all I say is I go, I go, hey, Siri, insult Brunty. Your message to Andrew says, piss off you, Brunty, you tacky darrow. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Siri, insult Brunty. Your message to Andrew says, piss off you, Brunty, you munted dipstick. <laughs> Send it. You munted dipstick. Hey, Siri, insult Brunty. Your message to Andrew says, piss off you, Brunty, you blockhead bugger. (laughs) (laughs) So he's very cleverly made some kind of tree that insults him. And so that also sent him 
three insults when I was so I just texted him those three insults when I uh when so, I did them. So has he created a I don't I won't even pretend to understand how one does that, but he's essentially created a little app. He, yeah, uh, he's 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 programmed this uh, this thing that's called it's called Siri. There's a shortcuts app on 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 your iPhone that you can uh-huh. use to yeah. yeah feed it things. So he's got uh, this insult generator. Yeah, and so okay. it automatically messaged him. I can tell you here. So it was it was in the middle of the night in Adelaide, <laughs> and he just got on iMessage. It just says, "Piss off, Brunty, you cruddy dickhead. Piss <laughs> off, Brunty, you daggy cunt. And then piss off, Brunty, you rat ass wino." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It just does That's this so automatically. And then he's just written, ha ha ha, hello Al. <laughs> yeah. He was he said that he was up he was up in the middle of the night to do an old man wee and saw the messages. <laughs> oh, that's good. I'm so pleased he uh he shared that with us. Yeah, he even followed up. I haven't read this one yet. He said he said, I'm glad it worked. If you hit the if you hit the ellipses on the top right and scroll to the bottom, you can toggle off show when run and it won't need you to manually hit send. Oh, <laughs> wow. So then any time that I just say it, it sends it to him. <laughs> so there you go. Thanks so much, Andy. That was Thanks fantastic. Thanks so much. Wonderful. Just quickly before we leave you today, Al and listeners, the um, along the same lines, we had a bit of feedback, Al, from couple of our listeners about your idea, which was in uh, episode 82, Cordon Blues, about um, a slider and the potential of sliders and right. rela- related technology. And in particular- Sliders on a computer screen, like that's a right. volume slider or a, yeah, or any kind of slider to increase or decrease values. Yeah, exactly. And the other, in fact, the the idea that somebody had picked up on, and perhaps they should- remain nameless because there's a degree of social embarrassment in their idea, but was your suggestion of keeping a master list of friends that you can then invite to, and this is what spawned the slider idea. So to briefly recap, you said that you had created a, a master list of your friends that was useful for kind of inviting people to big events. And then you could sort of adapt that so that, you know, if you kind of met with a bunch of people, then maybe the your app could sort of keep track of what that social interaction was like. You could give them a bit of a slider-based ranking at the end of the day based on the end of the social interaction based on their performance. Maybe the app would remind you, or you haven't seen this person in a while. Do you want to get in touch with them and sort something out? Um, or you've ranked this person very poorly the last half dozen times you've seen them. Do you want me to just delete them from your address book. Um, and this <laughs> and this person said to me what they would like to see is uh, something that, something that, but this person said to me what they would like to see is a version of that that keeps track of their friends' kids' names because they're forever forgetting uh... how, many, how many kids their friends have as we kind of enter that stage of life where this is, this is becoming more common and also what their friends' kids' names are because it's one of those things that's kind of easy to forget and just socially embarrassing enough that you really don't want to have forgotten it. So, you know, the app could be adapted to say, okay, you're going to see uh, Tom and, and 
Stacy, their kids' names are Jeff and Tweedle, and you have to remember that. And Tweedle's four, and and Jeff is six and a half, and uh, maybe uh, maybe a few other key facts. And then you just look like a really in touch uh, person. And keep your keep your AirPods in, and it can just keep repeating the names to you. <laughs> exactly. Tweedle, just, Tweedle, Tweedle. <laughs> You're just just kind of weird augmented reality as you're interacting with somebody's <laughs> children. <laughs> so thanks very much, uh, listener, for that excellent idea.